Before we begin today's podcast, Harris and I would like to pay tribute to Shane Warne, who passed away very recently at the age of 52. We were fortunate enough to talk about Warney last week on the podcast and are deeply saddened by his passing. Rest in peace, Warney. Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined today by my co-host, Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm good, Harrison. Keen to get chatting this week. Did you want to tell the audience where we are traveling? We are traveling to the City of Angels. We're traveling to Hollywood. We're traveling to Los Angeles. It's going to be a great episode and I'm very, very excited for it. We've decided to break up Los Angeles into two parts. So for the next two weeks, we'll be in Los Angeles talking all about it. And we're going to discuss a bit later how we've decided to break it up. But first, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. Uh, you can view all of our videos on TikTok and also on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is how you can find us on that platform. Uh, you can also make any inquiries to us uh, Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, make sure you're following us. Make sure you're giving us lots of suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get uh, everyone involved as much as possible. So we'd love to hear all of your interactions. Uh, now, LA this week, we're going to split it up into two parts. Part one is today. We're going to discuss our icon. Uh, we're going to have a big bracket style down to our icon. We've got a few sports hypotheticals to discuss. Uh, and we're also going to talk about the indoor sports in Los Angeles, talking about hockey and basketball. Next week, we're going to touch on outdoor sports. We're going to touch on baseball and football. We've got a few stories to share about that. And we're also going to talk about fictional athletes and fictional sports. Being Hollywood, we'd love a chance to talk sports movies and sports TV shows. So that's going to be a fun episode next week. But for this week, we're going to talk about LA. Ollie, take us through. No worries. So, LA is the second largest city in the United States, and it's well known for its film, TV, and fashion industries. As one of the largest cities in the United States, its metropolitan area has 11 major league professional teams, most notably in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, WNBA, and MLS, among others. Um, they've also held the Olympics in 1932, 1984, and are set to host the Olympics in 2028. Um, and it's hard to look past LA as one of the most influential sports cities in the world. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've decided to break it up into these two parts is it's so hard to cover it all. We didn't want to create a bloated episode. So we decided to talk about it in two parts and kind of touch on the different aspects of Los Angeles as a sports city. So I hope you like this two-part idea and it's something we are looking into the future for some of the other big sporting cities in the world, like, for example, New York. Um, so let us know if you like this two-part format um, and let us know if there's any other cities you think are so big that they might need two episodes for them. Yeah, and everyone loves um, sports. Everyone loves movies, but everyone loves sports movies. Um, I'm a big fan of Semi Pro, Happy Gilmore, all of those sorts of movies. Even Ro the Rockies are awesome. So I'm keen to talk about um, some of fun. my favorites. I know Harrison loves his NFL and specifically loves his NFL movies. For those of you who Absolutely. know him, Friday Absolutely. Night Lights. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with a football, with a pigskin, uh, get me on it. 
Um, so we're going to start this episode today. We're going to start with some sports hypotheticals. Uh, so we're each going to pose each other some questions. Some of them are related to LA. Some of them are just general sports questions. Uh, but we're going to start first. I'm going to throw one to you. Would you rather try to block Aaron Donald today or guard Pete Kobe? Um, I think both outcomes are pretty inevitable. Uh, Kobe's going to score on me and Aaron Donald is going to pancake me. I'm going straight to the floor. Which one's going to hurt more? Probably uh, getting smashed by Aaron Donald. So I'd probably rather guard Pete Kobe, I think. I think, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think the embarrassment factor, though, Kobe would embarrass you for sport. Aaron Donald is going to get by and get his job is to get the quarterback. His not job isn't to embarrass you. Kobe will embarrass you for sport, for fun. He will he would uh, cherish the the moments of uh, taking that competitive edge. Um, so I'd probably try and block Aaron Donald to be honest. Look, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and for those of you that don't know um, Harrison's love for the Lakers, he is a Lakers fan. So I've tailored my hypothetical to that. So my question to you, Harrison, is. Would you rather win a gold medal for the, for Australia, for the Boomers, in basketball, or a championship with your Lakers? It's hard. Both are incredible accolades and would be very influential in the sports landscape. It would be a large mark you'd play. I think that a, you'd hold a massive legacy in Australia for winning either of these, probably more for winning the gold medal. However... Being a championship-winning NBA player would mean more money, more sponsorship, more marketing. Would probably mean you're a pretty prominent player in Australia as well and someone that the kids would look up to as well. I think that I would go with a championship for the Lakers. Right, okay. Um, I'd probably go different with you there. I reckon I'd go gold medal for Australia. Um, I reckon just in the circumstances, a gold medal... Australia's never won a gold medal before, I know... You're talking about yourself here and, and whether you're winning a championship or a gold medal. But I don't know. I know that basketball, the championship's a big thing internationally. I just think winning a gold medal for my country would just mean the world. Yeah, I think that there's no wrong answer with that. Either one is quite important and quite impressive in different ways. Of course. Um, and I, I think they're pretty... It's pretty hard hypothetical to have. Uh, my next hypothetical to you would be, would you rather be a successful athlete living in LA or win a championship in a small market? You can take any sport for that, but successful athlete living in LA or win a championship in a small market? What would you pick? I think I'd go with winning a championship in a small market. Um, I think when you're a professional athlete, you get the best of each city. Um, and whilst LA is a nice city, um, some could actually argue that it's not a very nice place to live, but I'm going to go with that small market. And I'm thinking of... Green Bay. I'd rather live in Green Bay and win a championship <laughs> than live in LA and win for the Rams. I think the argument, I ultimately I think I'd agree with you, but the argument would be for LA, for those people who are a bit more materialistic, um, for those people looking to a brand development, those sorts of players would love to play in LA in any sport to develop their brand, to dip their toe in Hollywood, to be around the celebrities. It'd give yourself that big name. You'd get your bigger contracts living in LA uh, because of that notoriety that you'd gain i think that that's the argument for living in la being a successful athlete however winning a championship is the goal is the ultimate and no matter what market you're in you're going to be famous if you're winning a championship take um Giannis, for example he's in 
a relatively small market compared to everywhere else. I know the Bucks are quite a um, successful team historically, but he's still famous and well-known despite being in that small market. But could you imagine if Giannis was playing for the Lakers winning championships? How big he'd be? Well, I don't think I'd love that personally, but um, (laughs) (laughs) my next question for you. Um, Now, this is quarterback versus wide receiver sort of question. Would you rather catch um, a game-winning touchdown or throw the game-winning touchdown? My biggest question is, is this a Super Bowl or is this a game? Because that changes the answer. Well, we've been talking about championships a lot, so let's not talk about championships. Let's go alternative here. It's just just a normal game. I'll give you the answer for both. If it's a normal game, catch. Because the catch is something that's on the highlight reels. It gets your name out there. It's something special that you can celebrate. You throw it into the stands with the fans, all that sort of stuff. We're talking Super Bowl, game-winning throw, 100%. You're a a quarterback making the game-winning throw. Most likely you win in Super Bowl MVP. Most likely you are getting... Your next contract's going to be huge. It's a big deal to throw that championship, uh, the championship winning throw in the Super Bowl. So I think there's two different answers there. And being that it's just a regular season game, game winning catch every time. What would you pick? I'm going to go with the throw. The Um, throw? Just when I remember all the greatest throws in NFL history and the game winners, it's always off the arm of the quarterback. You don't really remember who caught the ball. That's my answer. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the throw. It depends on the catch. Uh, that's true. So, yeah, I think you could lean either way. You could lean either way. Um, my last question for you before we move on, and this one's a shout-out to all you Panthers fans out there. Would you rather dive in the bottom of a pile to recover a football and go on to win the championship but know that you're going to take a career-ending injury or would you pull a Cam Newton and uh, decide not to dive on a loose football and protect that uh, career of yours, but be a laughing stock. Jeez, I don't know. This is a hard question. I suppose it depends on how far down my career I am. Um, if I'm in my first year and I'm ending my career, I, I mean, football is still a business. Like you've got to earn money whilst you're in the league. So I don't know. But if I'm if I'm if I'm in the Cam Newton situation, um, as you provided there, at that stage of his career, he'd already won that MVP. I'm diving on that ball because I, if, if under the circumstances I know I'm going to win a championship, I'm diving on the ball. I think the biggest thing is if you're at that point in career, I get first year, yeah, maybe not. If you're five, six years in, you dive on that football every single time because if you're looking at money, even if you never play a game again, endorsements, you've got signings, you're still going to make your coin. It may be not be as much as you've made but if you're if you're Cam Newton you're a first overall pick you've made some pretty good money already yeah, if- you've you've made that money you've invested it well you've got all the signings you can do you can go go do conventions all sorts of things you've got that revenue income you've got the championship as well yeah, or, or the way his career's sort of gone now kind of I know it's not we're not talking specifically about Cam Newton but it's been a downward spiral ever since then. And he's forever known as the guy who didn't dive on the football. He's the guy who didn't want to put it in when it was all on the line for his team. And I think that that sort of stuck with him. And that's been how he's been characterized by a lot of his detractors. Yeah, I think it also depends on your position as well. If you're playing a quarterback position, um, the spotlight's on you as well. Like if you're a lineman and you just sort of miss jumping on the ball or you're (laughs) That you're probably a bit too doofy to even know where the ball uh, is. So. I've I've had my fair share of those moments in the past. Yeah, so... 
But my last question for you, um, we probably don't get this weather in Australia, um, but you could sort of picture it. Um, It's almost like Melbourne versus Gold Coast for us, but would you rather play in zero degree Celsius weather or 30 degrees Celsius weather all round, all year round? The funniest thing is, have you ever played a game in snow? Uh, I don't think I have. I, I once played a game of snow, in snow. It was a game of rugby in Scotland. And it was heavy snow. It was like right up to the ankle sort of thing. And that was tough. There, My first instinct, because I hate the hot weather, my first instinct is pick the cold. But we had people getting hypothermia. We had like, it was so numb. I couldn't feel my arms. So when someone would pass the ball, you just stick out your arms and hope for the best. Like you'd hope that you'd catch it. You're like, my arms are in the right place, I guess. Um, but you couldn't feel your hands. You couldn't actually catch the ball. So I think, I think I'd be 30 degrees is hot, but it's not unbearable hot. Um, I mean, it's tough, especially for a sport like the one that I play with the pads, with the helmet, it does increase the heat a little bit, but I've played in 30 degree weather. It's not pleasant, but it is doable. Zero degrees is tough. It is tough sledding all day. The hits hurt just a little bit more in that cold weather. Yeah, I, I could honestly lean either way here. Um, when I think about zero degree weather, I sort of think that my adrenaline and everything sort of the circumstances of playing playing a sport will get me through it. But as I said, I haven't really experienced it too much. So I can't sort of comment from a first-hand perspective. But geez, I hate, I hate it. I absolutely hate playing in hot weather. It's just terrible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, let's get into LA now. Now, LA is such a big city. And like we said, we're going to split it up a little bit. So we've decided to cover the indoor sports this this week and indoor sports have been your forte when we're talking about LA it's something that you've been to a lot more than myself uh, I'll be talking about a couple of my experiences with outdoor sports uh, in next week's episode but indoor sports you went on a recent trip first of all you went to LA How, in COVID times with all the restrictions and the height of the pandemic how was it traveling in that context unpredictable um, is the best way to put it um we were going to travel, um, I think, the Monday. And on the Saturday, they just changed quarantine rules for when we arrived back. So everything was all unknown. But finishing uni, I it was just all I ever wanted to do was just do an America trip, um, go and visit my brother over there um, and just see a few things, watch an NFL game, tick some things off the bucket list. So we, we booked, we, we paid a little bit extra. It might have been an extra 500 bucks or so for flights. Um and that could deter a few people, but no one on the plane. When I say no one on the plane, you had your own row. Um, you nearly had two rows to yourself. That's um, incredible. Was, yeah, when no you think weight. About, especially in, like in economy, you're packed in there so tight. You feel, even people who aren't claustrophobic, I'm not claustrophobic, but I feel it when I'm in those tight little seats and you've got people all around you. You can't get up as easy because you've got to tap the person next to you sort of to get up to go to the bathroom. Yep. It, it must have been nice to have that row to yourself. It must have felt like almost in first class. Yeah, well, if you're not six foot three like me, you can, you're able to get all your legs on the, <laughs> on the, ta- on the seats um, uh, that my dad was able to. But yeah, me being a little bit taller, my legs are still in the, um, in the aisles. But for those people that are a little bit smaller around the six foot range, you're able to sort of crawl up in a ball and almost have like a, a lounge as such. 
That's pretty um, good. And that's amazing. So I think that's worth the extra 500 bucks. I mean, you're paying an extra probably two grand for business. Yeah. And you're not, you're not getting much better. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really different experience. Um, something that I don't anticipate I'll ever experience again. Um, but overall, I thought it was, it was solid. It was a good trip. Um, no one really likes flying under any circumstances. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And there was some, certainly some benefits, some negatives, but certainly for some benefits to flying when I did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, you did see a game at, uh, was it still Staples when you went or was it at Crypto.com yet? It was still Staples, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you saw a game at Staples. Uh, tell us all about it. It was, a, it was a Clippers game, wasn't it? It was. It was a Clippers versus Celtics game. Um, it was the second night of a back-to-back for the Celtics. Um, and we looked at tickets online and we had to actually fly out that night to go to uh, Chicago on the red eye at like 12 o'clock at night. Um, so that sort of deterred us a bit, but when the tickets are like $7, I was like, I can't help but not really? go. Really? $7? They're that, the Clippers tickets are like seven bucks. The cheapest leg is like a hundred. That's how different it is. Yeah. It, it really sells the divide. And a lot of, a lot of cities you find when they've got the two teams, there's a clear number one and number two. Like you think of, you think of football, you think of Rams, charges you think rams are the clear number one in that city especially after the recent championship and it's the same in basketball there's that clear lakers are the la's team and clippers are sort of like the the hipsters sort of team the team you go for if i don't want to be a lakers fan i'm going to be a clippers fan yeah that's it and there it wasn't a packed house it wasn't very busy um in terms of capacity and all that sort of stuff but i actually think stables is a horrible place to watch basketball i know it's well just from the perspective that I've been to a couple of different basketball games and sitting in the bleachers at Staples was just, you can tell it's a stadium that it's, it's an older stadium and it's not set up with that huge um, big screen in the middle of the court or you just know that it's, it's, it's set up for those, those bottom tier seats. And I actually come to find that out. Um, we paid those $7 to sit up in the bleachers. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad and I scouted, a couple of seats right down the bottom in the bowl. So we, we snuck down there oh. and <laughs> yeah, we got a seat and we, we uh, sat there for a quarter and then, um, and then headed off. But now I feel like for legal reasons, we should clarify that that is not something we are promoting in any way. Not at all. Not at all. But definitely do it if you get a chance. <laughs> Look, when there's like 10, there's like three rows with no one in there, no one in it down the bottom and like, the security guards just don't really care. They're just there to get a paycheck. Yeah. Um, we just watched and we're like, okay, look, if they kick us out, then you know what? We'll go back to our spot. If they don't, then we're watching a game near courtside. So it yeah, worked out sure. really well. Uh, and that's only something you could probably do at a Clippers game. You wouldn't get away with it in a Lakers game because it'd all be a pretty packed house most of the time. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um. So the experience there, is there anything else about the... Uh, game day experience for a Clippers game for a game at Staples like uh, getting to the getting to the arena getting in getting your seat sort of thing is there anything uh, to any tips or anything I wouldn't say there's that much much atmosphere to a game at Staples compared to other sports games that I've been to in terms of like pre-game activities that sort of thing Um, the one thing I will note is that the Staples Centre itself has got all of those statues of Shaq and Jerry West, Kareem, um, Kobe, just all of the statues out the front of Staples. That, that in itself cool is, the, is the coolest thing to see. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. 
But I also really enjoyed um, watching sports at a pub and at, at a bar in Los Angeles, which was really cool. Yeah, tell us about that. I, I, you've told me about it privately, uh, some of the stories from that. And if you're, if you're willing to share, I'm sure our, our podcast audience would love to hear all about these uh, infamous tales. Uh, do you want to get us, get us started on it? Yeah, for sure. Well, we're no strangers to it in Australia, but um, in America, they, they like their happy hours as well. Um, and being on the West Coast, the NFL games on a Thursday night would start at about 5.20. So for those of you that know happy hour, it's usually five to six or five to seven. Um, this time I think it was three dollars or four dollar bourbon. So twenty or thirty bourbons, bourbons later in a game of football, we we stumbled up the stairs and um, we were actually caught on film. They had a ring, a ring cam, like a ring, um, and here's us, all three of us, my brother, and my dad, stumbling up the steps. Um, which was which was pretty funny, but I, I just when you say stumbling, I've seen this video and it's not it's basically crawling like it is <laughs> it is legless crawling up the stairs desperately trying to get inside. Yeah, but even if you're not a big drinker, I I really enjoyed sitting in your own booth. And Harrison's been to a few sort of bars to watch sports before. Sitting in your own booth, having some wings and having a couple of drinks, and or even sitting up at the bar. We did that for a game. In Chicago, which I'm sure we'll talk about another time. I've always found watching a game in a bar like that is great for when you don't really care about the game as much. For sure. Because you can talk a bit, you can have a chat a bit. If it's a team you like, you kind of want to be in the zone. You kind of want to be watching a bit. I know you're the same. You really want to be focused in, locked in on your team. But if it's a game where you're like, oh, I don't mind who wins this one. It's a great time to go to a bar and watch it. It makes the event so much more engaging because you've got the drinks as well, because you've got the atmosphere. You can have a bit of a chat to people, talk about the game a bit more. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as Aussies, we, we love our, our beers, our David Hasselfrofs and our, our, our Jimothy Bamingtons. Uh, we absolutely love our drinks and we love kicking back at the pub and watching the footy. And it, it shouldn't be any different from when you go over and travel to America and even LA is especially, they're not a huge like big tailgating city or anything like that for even the Rams. They're, they're known for rocking up late to games. So Yeah, one of the great things about LA as well is they've got a lot of sports fans from a lot of different teams. Uh, it's very transient sort of city. Um, and I remember the bar scene was great. Even, I've got a funny story. When I was a... I was young. I can't remember how old I was, but I was definitely nowhere near drinking age. Like I would have been like early teens, 13, 14 and it was when the the Cardinals played the Packers in the uh, divisional championship game. It was the double Hail Mary game. I was in LA and we were at, I think it was the Cheesecake Factory. And I decided to sneak away from my family's table and sit up the bar to watch the game because I'd heard, I'd heard all this commotion going on. And I was like, I've got to check this game out. All I want to do is watch this game. So I told my family I was going to the bathroom. I went and snuck up to the bar and I'm just sitting there, the 13, 14 year old kid and watching the game. And the the guy at the bar was like, oh, sorry, I can't serve you. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be served. I don't care. I, can I watch the game, please? He's like, all right, as long as you're just watching the game, that's fine. I'm like, sick. All right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I was young enough and I don't drink anyway. So it wasn't a big deal for me, but I'm sitting there with like 30, 40 year old guys sort of chatting <laughs> Packers football, watching these Hail Marys, looking at each other, starting, I never met these guys in my life, acting like best friends going, what is just happening? And it was a crazy moment. It was a crazy game that we've, uh, we've sort of touched on in our iconic moments yep. uh, for Aaron Rodgers, but it's, it is really cool at the bars like that in LA and in the States, they're really 
focusing on that game. Like the game is the the reason that it brings them out to the bar. Yeah, for sure. And one last recommendation I'll make. Um, if you are going to have a big night on the drink, um, watching Thursday night football or um, whatever it may be, just make sure you're not flying out the next day. Because um, <laughs> I did that. and Bit dusty. Mate, I was very, very, very crook. Luckily, it was only like an hour and a half flight. They're probably the equivalent of Sydney to Melbourne. But um, yeah, they're not good at all. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Um, well, do you have any more stories about basketball in LA? Um, I don't think so. I, I really want to go and see um, a Rams game. I anticipate I'll probably try and get over there again um, yeah. in, in some time, but I really want to go visit the new stadium. Yeah, I'd love to see a Lakers game as well would be would be another bucket list sort of item for, sure. for me. Um, well, that brings us in now to our icon of Los Angeles debate. Now, we're going to do a bit of a different format because LA's had so many amazing sports icons. We're going to do a little bit of a different format. We're going to do a bracket. So usually we'd mention a few finalists. We'd tell you who our two nominees are for the icon and we'd have our have it out there and have our debate there. We've decided to let you guys in a bit more on the process this week. And we're, we're going to break it down. We've got a top eight icons of Los Angeles. And we've got a variety of sports represented. So we're going to have a bit of a chat and go in depth with each of these uh, each of these characters, each of these icons of the city. So the first round matchups, so everyone knows, and these are the finalists. First round matchups, Kobe Bryant versus David Beckham. We've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Wayne Gretzky. We've got Magic Johnson versus Shaquille O'Neal. And we've got Aaron Donald versus Mike Trout. So, shall we dive straight in? Let's do it. All right. Kobe Bryant versus David Beckham. Now, I think this one's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, I do want to... We can get more into the winner. The Kobe side of things, I think. The Kobe side of things. I think we can leave that for a down-the-line argument in the next round of the bracket. But... Shout out to David Beckham because soccer wasn't that big. Before, prior to David Beckham, especially American soccer, like they still watch the Premier League, they still watch overseas soccer, but American soccer was not big at all prior to David Beckham making the transition to the LA Galaxy. And it's it's a big deal. It's, it's something that I've actually seen in LA Galaxy game in that I watched David Beckham in LA and... The crowd got behind him. He was something else there. Like, if as soon as he touched the ball, everyone's on their feet cheering. And you didn't expect to see that in the US market. So he won uh, two supporter shields. He won two MLS Cups. Um, he played 98 games and scored... Uh, how many is that? I can't really read it. Uh, 18 goals in 98 games. And he really raised the profile. He was a marquee player. He raised that profile to the fact where Zlatan Ibrahimovic later signed for LA Galaxy. Uh, you've had lots of those players. It's sort of, in a way, it's become the retirement league, a bit of the famous European players, but it's it's much higher profile than it used to be. And it's starting to get very competitive. Um, and I think that they can maybe not uh, in the near future, but in the distant future, start competing with some of those lower European sides. For sure. I think the main thing um, as his contribution to his icon status was just that he brought um, attention to soccer in the United States. Um, the Hispanic community um, 
very prominent in LA, was able to get behind the LA Galaxy. And we've seen the, the flow-on effect. Um, even this year, the Charlotte FC, I read in the news the other day, had 74,000 fans in their home opener, and, and they've broken the record for that. That's so just in, You wouldn't have seen that prior. I think that's the Beckham effect. The explosion of the amount of teams. The MLS didn't have many teams back when Beckham uh, first signed either. But now there is a team in every market. It, the amount of teams is almost as big as some of the um, some of the American sports. Um, and I've heard chatter as well about making divisions and making uh, a relegation and promotion style like the European leagues. I think that's coming soon. Um, but it's just been fantastic. The way it's grown with... Uh, David Beckham has been incredible. So, uh, shout out to David Beckham. Unfortunately, he won't be moving on in our bracket. He won't. Um, it will be Kobe, and we'll get more into Kobe later. But let's move into our next matchup now. We've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Wayne Gretzky. Do you want to talk about Kareem at all? Yeah, so Kareem played for the Bucks. He was drafted to the Bucks. Um, he played a few years to start his career, but most prominently um, known as a Laker. Um, he won five championships there, a finals MVP. Um, he won three MVPs there and spent 15 seasons. Um, so Kareem, for me, is just renowned for that skyhook. That's the iconic thing. Um, you know, chucking a Kareem, skyhook Kareem, you know. Um, that's, what I, that's what I sort of associate with Kareem. But for those that grew up in the 70s and 80s, they were able to witness um, just an absolute beast in the paint and um, a great basketball player at that. Definitely one of the most dominant players of that time. There was no stopping him. No matter what other teams tried to throw up against him, he was just going to get the shots off. He was going to get in the paint. Um, now, I want to give it... It's another sort of matchup where it's going to be tough, but I want to talk a little bit about Wayne Gretzky because I know we're not the biggest hockey fans, but I've been doing a lot of research through this week and... Everyone knows the name Wayne Gretzky, whether you're a hockey fan or not. It's one of those iconic names. It's, He's a a goat. it's a Tom Brady. It's a Michael Jordan. It's one of those names that's just synonymous with the sport. His impact in LA, however, is something that is, I think, underappreciated, where he didn't win the championships that he did in Edmonton when he was playing for the Oilers. He won four titles for the Oilers. He didn't win any titles. He just won a conference championship, went to one Stanley Cup final. Uh, he did get an MVP, but his legacy in the NHL is unmatched. He They've retired his number across the league. No one can wear 99. That's how impressive he was. And he's specifically, his history in LA, There's, it's a Canadian sport with a couple, it was a Canadian sport with a couple of American teams too. It was very much even. And the way that Gretzky pulled those fans towards the West Coast the West Coast only had one team. It only had the LA Kings when they traded for Gretzky. After that, they created, just because of the popularity, the sheer uh, incredible popularity that he generated in LA, they then made, went on to make two more Californian teams just to try and tap the market that was uh, untapped before that, um, making the Ducks and making the, the Sharks after that the incredible impact he had where he would sell out venues for the first time. The LA Kings were very, they weren't a popular team at all. Hockey wasn't hitting in some of the West Coast markets where it's all sun and people are like, why are we playing hockey? Why are we playing cold weather sports? They were selling out arenas for the first time. They were increasing the amount of popularity, the exposure. And I think for that alone, 
he is very iconic to the city of LA for the exposure he brought to the sport. Definitely one of the most iconic players uh, for hockey in Los Angeles history. And unfortunately, it's just a tough matchup for him. Yeah, I think Gretzky's the the goat of the NHL, and um, he's iconic. He's the most iconic athlete probably of the NHL. But he's not so much just renowned for um, LA and the city of LA. So I think Kareem does take this one out. Yeah, I tend to agree. All right, so moving on to the next matchup now, we've got two Lakers in this matchup. It is Magic Johnson versus Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. This is going to be a tough matchup to decide. This is easily the hardest one that we're probably going to encounter, I I think. I definitely think so. So do you want to talk about Magic? Yeah, so Magic was a five-time NBA champion, um, three of which he won finals MVP. Uh, He was a three-time most valuable player and a 12-time All-Star. Now, Magic, I think he changed um, the game from a perspective that point guards are now six foot six, six foot five. Back in the day, the point guard, whilst they were a facilitator like Magic, they were generally those six foot um, guards. And it's the Magic Johnson effect. Everyone's trying to find a Magic Johnson. Um, LeBron James has probably been the closest comparison, but you've seen guys like Ben Simmons after that, you know, with those Magic Johnson comparisons. Everyone's trying to get their own Magic. Everyone's trying to get someone that can, um, he, he could shoot. He wasn't shooting, wasn't his, it wasn't his main asset, but a guy that could just pass the ball, get his teammates open, but still draw that attention. So Magic is just, I think he's one of the greatest Lakers of all time. The ultimate facilitator. He definitely got the ball to all the, the guys that were needed, and that's what led to so many of those, uh, those titles in the 80s. Uh, now, talking about Shaquille O'Neal now, three-time NBA champion. He With Kobe Bryant, they went on the three-peat in the early 2000s. Uh, he won uh, finals MVP for all three of those years. He was the MVP of the league in 2000. Uh, he was all-star almost every season. He was all-NBA almost every season. Um, he had an impressive storied career with LA, and I think he is one of the best players in Los Angeles history. And the only reason I'm going to go magic here is just because... Shaquille O'Neal played in so many cities. Yeah, I just think um, spending nine years for different for different teams, um, and especially towards the end of his career, um, spending little stints for the Celtics, Cavs, Suns, um, and he even won that championship with the Heat. So much of Shaq's legacy does come from his um, accomplishments for other teams, not only just the Lakers, where I suppose when we're talking about Magic Johnson, he's synonymous with that um, organization as a coach, um, as a player executive as well executive. he's been tied to that franchise from the moment he got there he's been linked to the Lakers and linked to their history um, I think the magic is going to go through here of course and if, if you disagree feel free to let us know but um, love to hear any of your thoughts any and all of your thoughts um, make sure to follow us on all the socials at Road Trip Sports Pod. just thought I'd get a quick little plug in there uh, before our last matchup which is Aaron Donald Versus Mike Trout. This is an interesting one. It sure is. It sure is. Did you want to take us through Aaron Donald's accomplishments? I would love to talk to you about Aaron Donald. Shout out to my my mate Aaron, the biggest Aaron Donald fan I've ever met in my life. Now, Aaron Donald is often underrated. And that's weird to say for a, a uh, three-time defensive player of the year that they're underrated. But this man is 
one of the greatest players to play the sport of all time. He is up there with Lawrence Taylor for the best defensive player of all time, I think, bar none. He is a Super Bowl champion recently this year. Um, he might add to that total in future years, but he's got that ring that hope he was not. so chasing. <laughs> I know you hope not. Um, now, he's got that ring. You saw the iconic imagery at the Super Bowl. He makes those game-winning clutch plays on the Bengals' final drive and points to that ring finger saying, give me it. I want it now. Um, so three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Arguably should have won the MVP of the league in a couple of those years. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year. Seven-time first-team All-Pro. He's an eight-time pro bowler. Absolutely unmatched as a player. There is no blocking him. Just in, I think some of the reason he's underrated is because he doesn't have those sack numbers that other people have. But he's not a pass rusher. He's a defensive tackle. He's getting through the meat and potatoes of the offensive line to still record uh, high-level pass rusher statistics in addition to stopping the run, in addition to taking double, triple, quadruple teams. There are images I've seen where there are four men trying to block Aaron Donald and still failing. That man is an absolute freak of nature. He's an incredible talent and... It's hard to talk about icons of in football because football's been so transient in LA. It's been a very on and off, hot and cold relationship. But his impact that he's made in his the in his career in LA has been absolutely unmatched. Yeah, for sure. And when we talk about um, our comparison here, and when we get into our next athlete, I think just to touch on it early. Aaron Donald has achieved so much in his career um, as a lineman, but as an NFL player, you know, to be able to win Defensive Players Player of the Year award three times, to have that Super Bowl, um, he was nearly fighting for that um, Super Bowl MVP this year. But I don't think any arguments would have been made if he won it over Cooper Cup. I think they were neck and neck. Either way you go, you're making a good decision. For sure. So probably tying in um, why I think... Um, Donald is the winner here, but without doing so, um, we should first get into the other finalist here, of course, and he definitely deserves some recognition, and that's Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout, nine-time All-Star, three-time American League MVP. Um, He was on the All-MLB First Team, um, American League Rookie of the Year, eight-time Silver Slugger Award, two-time AL Hank Aaron Award, He's just an incredible uh, highlight machine. His catches are something of legend where he'll be out in the outfield and you'll think that ball's going for a home run for sure and somehow he climbs the wall and gets it down. We could fill a top five iconic moments just on catches alone. But his success as a hitter is still incredible as well. It's, it's incredible to see a player of that caliber playing so well at the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. He really is the all-rounder player for the Angels and it's a shame he hasn't won a championship there but he himself has been an iconic player in Los Angeles yeah for sure and we one day we might see Mike Trout overtake Aaron Donald and there's talk that Mike Trout might be one of the greatest um, MLB players of all time and one of the reasons why I say that that is a potential um, is because you know Aaron Donald and Mike Trout are both the same age they're both 30 years of age Um, but what I mean here is Aaron Donald could retire in three to four years. I mean, there's already even there less. Shadow, he was re- going to retire after this Super Bowl. Yeah, like, it, it's, for sure. The conversation is there. So when I reference that, I I particularly reference that because Mike Trout could go on for another six or seven years as a big hitter. Um, 
rely, those hitters, um, they tend to um, not rely on their legs so much. They've just got to go out there and swing the ball, get a home run, you know, um, get on base. Um, so I think because of that reason alone, we could see Mike Trout overtake um, Aaron Donald, particularly if he wins um, a few championships there. But I think right now, at this point in time, I think we can both agree it's Aaron Donald. Yeah, I tend to agree. All right, so we're going into a second round matchups now, uh, and it's going to be Kobe Bryant versing who we've just talked about, Aaron Donald. Is it time to start talking about Kobe yet, or can we move him into the final without talking about him either? Like he is just that iconic to the city of LA. I think we should at least touch on a couple of things. I think we should touch on his accomplishments, and then maybe we. Uh, I think this might be a bit of a sneak peek as to what we think here, but maybe we should move on to to Kobe in the final as to what he sort of means to that city and the sport of basketball. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, so Kobe, some let's run down some of his accomplishments. Five-time NBA champion. He had the three-peat in the early 2000s, and then finishing out that decade, uh, went back-to-back. Uh, he was a two-time NBA Finals MVP in those back-to-back years. He also won the NBA MVP in 2008. Um, really should have won the championship that year too. That was a bit rough, uh, losing to the Celtics. Uh, he's an 18-time NBA All-Star, um, four-time NBA All-Star Game MVP. Now being the Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP award is quite fitting. Uh, and an 11-time All-NBA First Team. Incredible player of the sport. I think we can just talk about the stats at this point because everyone knows Kobe is LA. Yeah. And Aaron Donald, fantastic player. I don't think he has the years in LA. I don't think the, sure. the Rams are starting to establish themselves as Los Angeles's team, but it still feels a bit weird football being in LA. I still think it's not quite there yet. And I think the Super Bowl might have pushed them there where they're now LA's team they still don't feel fully entrenched in Los Angeles culture the way the Lakers are. So I think Kobe Bryant gets the nod here. Cannot agree with that more. Um, I think also the the five championships helps um, helps him along the way there. Um, obviously, those four more than Donald. Um, so Definitely. I think safe to say Kobe Bryant moves on to the final there. He does indeed. And we're going to decide who will meet him in the final. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Magic Johnson. Who wow. you got? We're really... I, I'm just having to find myself nitpicking here. Um, it's it's going to be a nitpick sort of thing. And it's hard to tear either of these two down because they are so iconically Lakers. Uh, and it's hard yeah. to separate the two of them. Do you have any way to separate them? Well, look, they're both five-time champs. They're both um, three-time MVPs. They've both won um, significant awards. Um, they've both been... Huge all-stars for the city of Los Angeles. But... If you're talking about icon of LA, do the Bucks years count against Kareem? It's it's hard to say. It's, 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 I always find it difficult when we, we sort of criticise the athlete because if they spent time in another city, like that does them any harm. But just when you're looking at this, it, it doesn't do it harm so much, but... It leans towards the other athlete as they're able to spend, you know, that 18 years as Magic did. Um, so, I'm finding this really difficult. Um, I think, <laughs> really difficult. I think their, their stats look so even when you look at it, like almost identical, where I think that's the only way you can split it is that Magic has always been a Laker and he stayed in lots of different roles as a Laker, even to this day, still supporting the team. 
um, in many different ways where I think that magic gets the edge slightly just because of that. Um, and to t- it's not to take away as an athlete, as an athlete, if you're achieving in other cities, it's incredible as an athlete, but we're talking about their impact as in the city itself. And that's what we're trying to do different on this podcast, talking about their impact just on the city, which is why we've only taken Kareem's stats from his time as a Laker. I think that when you close your eyes and you picture a Laker, magic comes before Kareem. Yep. I can agree with that there. And it's a hard decision, but I think that does leave our two finalists in Kobe and Magic Johnson. So I'm just going to give my answer here and then I'm going to hear from you after this. Um, Should we do a 3-2-1? Yeah, let's do a 3-2-1 and then I'll give you a bit of an explanation. All right. Three, two, one, Kobe. Kobe. That's it. That says it all. But um, yeah, look, from the moment Kobe stepped on the court for the for the purple and gold and for the Lakers, you know, he was that legend of Los Angeles and um, spending over 20 years there, that's just spending a few more years, five more years there than um, Magic or have, a, I think it might be about five years longer than Magic. But, um, you know, he gave absolutely everything to those city um, and those fans, um, and you know, he's undoubtedly one of the greatest players of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kobe is just, there's so many memorable moments and even down to his last game when he scored that 60 points. And I think it was a Cinderella story of that's a it. career. I think being in LA fit Kobe. So it fit that mentality. He had that bulldog mentality that fit the city, the hardworking, the strive for success, no matter how much was thrown his way. He always was striving for success. He played with the team in some of the down years. He Towards the end, there were a few down years where the team wasn't as good. He didn't leave. He, there were options to leave. There were places he could have gone and he didn't leave. He stayed with Lakers. He stayed true to Lakers. I think... When you think of Los Angeles, I mean, even the fact that he's played in two different numbers, had both of them retired, you could almost say he had two separate careers and both of them are iconically Lakers. Incredible, iconic, magnificent player. And when you think Los Angeles Lakers, the first person you think of is Kobe Bryant, for sure. I think he is our icon of Los Angeles. Yeah, I think I can certainly agree there. And and now we've lost Kobe. It's it's um it's very disappointing. He, you know, he gave so much, but he had still so much more to give, um, especially on the media side. I was really keen to hear um, his knowledge as a basketball player and um, as a as a fantastic person, an ambassador for the game, an ambassador for the women's game. Meant the world to Los Angeles, and I think he's a worthy winner. Yeah, I think I still it's still hard to believe. Like I'm still sort of thinking about it, thinking it's. In, it's hard to believe what transpired two years ago um, and still coming to terms with the fact that he is gone. It, it is it is incredible that we, and incredibly sad that we won't get any more iconic Kobe moments. But Kobe Bryant being our icon of Los Angeles, let's get into his iconic moments. Um, yeah. Number five. So I'm just going to rapid fire through these as quickly as possible. Um, just, just because we're running a little bit, um, for time, but my number five moment was when he won that 2008 MVP. My number four moment, um, was when he won his fifth title 
and back-to-back championships and finals MVPs. That was the year that cemented his legacy. I think that was an incredible season, incredible for him to get that team to two back-to-back championships. I think that was incredible for the Kobe Bryant legacy in LA. For sure. Um, My third moment, my third best Kobe, almost iconic Kobe Bryant moment was his um, three-peat, sweeping the the New Jersey Nets in 2002. now that just any team that wins a three-peat just established that dynasty and raised so many questions as to what more could have been if Shaq stayed there, actually. Well, what do you think? Shaq I think stays, they, got, they win another one? Oh, I don't know. I honestly think they could have got six, seven, eight, you know, anything. Anything's yeah. possible. When Kobe Bryant, he's got that MJ, that Mamba mentality, you just never know. For sure, for sure. Number two moment. My number two moment um, is when Kobe Bryant called it quits and scored 60 points versus the Jazz in his in his last ever game. I think touching on that iconic moment, some of the part of that, the speech afterwards, the Mamba out, that speech afterwards was almost as iconic as the game itself. In the last game, dropping 60, then literally dropping the mic afterwards, absolutely unreal. I watched it live the whole game. It was a game I'll never forget. It was probably my favorite game I've ever watched of basketball. It'd be up there for sure, for sure. Um, so another game where Kobe scored a ton of points and my most iconic moment and our most iconic moment was Kobe's 81 points versus the Toronto Raptors. 81 is insane. I know Wilt scored more. He scored, he had the 100 game. But in the modern era of basketball, 81 is unmatched. We haven't seen anything really close to it. You know, we've seen a few 60, 60 odd games, but 81 is It takes is a just... lot for those guys to get 60, especially in a... Being such a three-point dominated league now, you'd think you'd see it more, but you just don't. It's so hard to get to that high number. The 81 is just incredible. It'd beat some team, like a lot of teams on any given night. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So Kobe Bryant um, is our icon and is the icon of Los Angeles. I, I suppose probably not a surprise to a lot of people, but um, rest in peace, Kobe um, and just amazing stuff there from him and and throughout his entire career for sure for sure well let's quickly get into this mailbag we've got a few juicy questions uh first of all joe from newcastle build your lakers all-time starting five quick five give me it do you just want to give me point guard right okay point guard magic johnson shooting guard kobe bryant small forward lebron could argue elgin baylor but LeBron's probably the best player that's won a championship for Lakers. So Yeah, I agree. Power forward. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And center. Shaq. I think there is no arguments there. They are five. It's, it's crazy how many amazing players have played for the Lakers where they're five of the greatest players of all time. And they've all donned the purple and gold. For sure. It's, it's insane how much pull the Lakers have had throughout history. It's still being a salary cap league still playing under those rules to have that many incredible talents shows the pull that the los angeles lifestyle has towards these athletes um now my question to you because i'm still trying to figure it out as a lakers fan what's wrong with our team this year i think you need to blame the front office um i think it's similar to when um the lakers brought gary payton carl malone even Steve Nash and Dwight Howard a few years back, they just mm. brought those aging guys that whilst they've been superstars, they're not superstars anymore. Um, it's a, it's an aging roster and I think it actually hasn't even been built well. Um, they've got a lack of perimeter shooters. 
Yeah. Um, you know, whilst guys like Malik Monk can shoot the ball, they're really missing that three and D guy. And I think they, I know they tried to get Buddy Hield, but I really think they should have got him before the Pacers did. I think they maybe the Pacers tried to pull the trigger a bit earlier, and the Lakers lucked out. But they just need some perimeter shooters, and now the deadline's gone. Well, we'll just wait and see what happens. Do you think that? Uh how do you feel the LeBron in LA has gone? Do you think it's... I mean, obviously, they've won a championship. Do you think it's been worth it? I think whenever you win a championship, it it, it doesn't matter. Because um, a lot of people have been arguing that they would rather LeBron have never came. And I I, I, I disagree wholeheartedly. You yeah, won a championship. BS. You won a championship. You've been the most relevant you have been in a long time, basically since Kobe. I think that, yes... It's an aging roster. Yes, it hasn't been built well this year. Yes, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. But the fact that you've got that championship, the fact that you've got superstars willing to come to the team just to play with LeBron, I think that it's ultimately been a success having LeBron there, um, where I think that there wouldn't have been a championship if LeBron's not playing on the Lakers. Yeah, well, there's that talk that the Lakers shouldn't have traded for AD Anthony Davis um, and traded Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Kyle Kuzma, you know, everyone to get in those guys. But They don't win that championship if Anthony Davis is not on the team. Well, exactly right. Give Anthony all Davis, those players back and they don't win that championship. He, he, Anthony Davis right now won him that championship. I, I know LeBron was LeBron finals MVP, but... Anthony Davis single-handedly, I think, nearly won him that championship. Definitely, LeBron will always um, get your stats and facilitate. But Anthony Davis was just a man among boys in that in that um that bubble series. All right, we've got one more question uh, from Jack from Cameron Park, as asked about AFL. Now, on our podcast, we love to talk about the sports that encompass and have questions about the city we're in, but we're also open to talking about the current sports events. So, we've got a question about the AFL, the Amy series. What team's fan base should be most encouraged by the Amy series? And please cover your ears before he waxes lyrical about the famous old dark blues. I tried. I've, I've even looking right now at the results and I've tried not to be biased, but everything sort of went to script. Um, Gold Coast Suns are actually playing Geelong as we speak and they're beating them by 13 points. So, I haven't watched that game. Maybe I'll go home and watch it. That's a bit of a surprise. It. Yeah. But that a, could be a big surprise. Maybe turn that one on afterwards. Yeah, but Carlton. Um, I don't so much read into the results so much, especially being a, a preseason game. But the fact that we saw a healthy Paddy Cripps, we saw that midfield play really, really well, um, and missing a key forward in Harry Mackay and and uh, sorry, not Harry Mackay, Charlie Kerno, Harry Mackay playing well, and I just saw enough. I, I, it's not so much I saw all of those guys play well. We know what those guys can produce, but I saw effort, I saw intensity, um, and you know the Blues will go to sleep in that third quarter and that towards that last and, and nearly nearly did a Carlton and, and choked the lead. But um, I just saw enough. I, I saw a bit of effort and hopefully that's, that's, um, that's what we're going to see for the, for the season ahead. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the blues being up there would be good for the league. Um, anyway, I think that's it for us this week. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure to present this podcast to you. We'll be coming back next week for part two 
of the Los Angeles chat. We're going to talk about the outdoor uh, sports. We're going to talk about football and baseball, uh, and it's going to be a great chat to have. So I'm excited to talk about some of the experiences I've had in LA watching some of those outdoor sports, like the Galaxy match, like the um, I've been to an Angels game, been to the Coliseum, did a tour of the Coliseum when the Rams were playing there, met the Rams mascot. That's a, a uh, hint for next week. And I'm very excited for for next week to talk about LA. There's still so much we've got to hit about LA. There is, there is. And we, um, when we were a bit younger, we used to have Harrison giving out his, his tip of the week as a bit of a leader of our footy club. But I'm going to turn this on the head a little bit. What's your tip of the week? What do you suggest if anyone's traveling to LA that they do? We've talked about a lot of things, but what's your one tip of the week? I think this time of the year, go see yourself a Lakers game. I don't know how long LeBron's going to be there for. Uh, there's already talk that he might be moving somewhere else in the near future. Go see yourself a Lakers game if you've got the money, if you've got the time. Go see yourself a Lakers game. Watch LeBron, one of the greatest of all time, play for the greatest team in NBA history and do yourself a favor. I think that if if I've got a tip of the week for anyone, I think that's it. Um, but... To wrap up, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to follow us, we're on all the socials at Road Trip Sports Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is where you can find us. For any inquiries you may have, uh, send them through to us, roadtripsportspodcast at gmail.com. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, anything more from you all? No, nothing for me. Continue to support us on the socials. I'm loving putting out the TikToks and I'm loving the response from all of our listeners and all of our viewers. So keep checking it out. Yeah, we'd love to have you back. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, Take care and have a great week. See ya.